Canadian legal system is complicated, right? And we often have a lot of questions about it. For instance, there's the issue of consecutive murder sentences. In Canada, the court system is, is reluctant to impose these, even if someone has murdered multiple people. And a life sentence usually means 25 years before a parole hearing. doesn't mean getting parole. It just means getting a hearing, potentially. But still, even the Supreme Court of Canada has declared that imposing consecutive murder sentences is cruel and unusual treatment or punishment. And there have been a couple of really high-profile cases where this has happened, like the case of Alexander Bissonnette, who killed six people in a Quebec mosque in 2017 and yet still won't serve a consecutive sentence. So what is the argument behind this? Why does this happen? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Stephen Slimovich is a criminal defense lawyer based in Montreal who joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Uh, First of all, maybe you could explain to all of us, what is the difference then between a consecutive and concurrent prison sentence? How does the court differentiate between the two? Okay, what we mean uh, by a consecutive and concurrent punishment is um, if an individual receives two punishments, the question is to decide is, do we add them together and therefore they are consecutive? You serve one. When you finish serving the first, you start to serve the second. Or are they concurrent? Do you serve the two at the same time? Okay, so what is the problem with saying, hey, two crimes, two sentences? You do them one after the other. Well, it would work, uh, and there are provisions of the criminal code that specifically say exactly what you just said. If you do two completely unrelated crimes, you should do two punishments, or globally what amounts to two punishments. The difficulty when it comes to a, the issue of first-degree murder is at the root, at its base, it already is a life sentence. So what does that mean exactly? You, you incarcerate the person for life, and when they're finished their first life, they serve their second life? I mean, there's a certain illogic to begin with. Now, the Canadian system says, yes, the person convicted of murder one receives a life sentence, but he is eligible for a parole hearing after 25 years. Now, uh, when uh, Stephen Harper was prime minister, there was this idea of getting tough against crime. So all kinds of obligatory minimum punishments came into effect. And this idea of uh, loading one uh, ineligibility period on top of another. So in Bissonnette's case, he received a 40-year parole ineligibility, which basically the court basically said he's never going to see the light of day. He's a young man. We don't know that for for sure, though. 40 years is not a life sentence to somebody who's in their early 20s. Well, in uh, in that sense, yes. And, of course, you could always say you never know if it's a life sentence until the person dies, of course. Um, The difficulty that the court had was 
it drew a clear analogy between the death penalty and putting somebody uh, behind bars for a parole ineligibility of 40 years. Um, the, the, the court stressed the fact that there has to be in any punishment this idea of a possibility of reintegration into society. You cannot, according to the Supreme Court, you cannot lock someone up and throw away the key. Okay, but why then? Why does there have to be that hope there? And what metrics do we have in place to measure that? Well, let's move back for one second. Let's understand something that is often misunderstood. In 1982, uh, the then Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau brought in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And it said that certain things are more important than others. So, for example, the protection against uh, cruel and unusual punishment is more important than an individual punishment. That's what we as society decided. So it doesn't matter, <clears throat> doesn't matter what the person has done. It doesn't matter how distasteful, hurtful that may be. The punishment cannot violate or cannot be cruel and unusual. And then the court said, Locking somebody up with no realistic possibility of seeing the light of day is contrary to fundamental values in Canada. So we have established that then. That is a, a rule that the court is it fundamentally believes. Well, yes, because the court struck that um, the struck the court struck down the consecutive uh, sentence idea. So that's no longer on the books. The worst somebody can get now is life and parole at 25. Stephen, I think people, what they have a hard time wrapping their head around, and I totally understand this, is that if someone kills multiple people, like six people, how that doesn't deserve something like 40 years in jail. Well, the court does address this, and the court does say that beyond a certain point, there's no... Uh, real reason to incarcerate somebody. So, for example, I would imagine that if you had an individual who was incarcerated at 60 and at 100, um, they were still incarcerated, you ask yourself, what's the point? Is the point to rehabilitate? Clearly not. Is the point to reintegrate the person? Clearly not. So, at, at some point, and I can't tell you what this point is because it's subject to a decision each time, but at some point, the, the punishment beca- becomes a pure eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth type situation. Right. And that's not acceptable. What do you think the public needs to keep in mind? Obviously, we get a little worked up when we see these headlines, we get upset about them, but what do you think the public needs to keep in mind? Well, the public needs to keep in mind that First and foremost, these punishments, these sentences have nothing to do with uh, preventing the commission of an offense. Mr. Bissonnette did not walk into the mosque in Quebec City saying, hmm, if I kill one person, I get 25. If I kill four, hmm, I may get 45. 
that is completely removed. Um, so we have to say to ourselves, is the purpose, is the purpose to uh, throw away the key or is the purpose to have a society where there is a possibility that everyone can be reintegrated? And there's another element, too, which is any criminologist will tell you that every criminal has a career. In other words, once he finishes his career, once he gets too old for his career, he doesn't commit crime anymore. And therefore, what's the point? What's the point of incarcerating that person? It doesn't prevent crime. It doesn't lower crime. The Americans will tell you the death penalty doesn't uh, lower crime. So what's the purpose? Those are all good questions. Stephen, thank you so much for the conversation this morning. It's my pleasure. That's Stephen Slimovich, criminal defense lawyer based in Montreal. We're talking about the issue of consecutive versus concurrent sentences. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.